You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Podcast. Well, this morning we are concluding our study in the book of Haggai. Uh, you can turn there, chapter 2 is where we're at this morning. We're also coming to the end of our 21-day time of prayer and fasting. Tomorrow will be the 21st day. So thank you for joining us in this adventure, whatever that may have looked like for you. I believe that through the discipline of fasting and prayer, we can open our lives in a greater way to God and what God's doing in this time, what God would want to do in your life. I believe that God encounters us and meets us when we humble ourselves and open our lives to Him. It's a great way to start the year. So thank you for starting year with us in that fashion. And this morning, we're doing something a little different. Obviously, you've probably noticed we're changing up our service order some. And that this morning, we're going to actually engage in the very thing I want to talk with you about. In other words, I'm going to talk about it, and we're going to do it all in the same morning while you're here. So as we conclude this series, uh, the focus this morning is this. Now is the time to worship. So I want to talk with you just for a few minutes about the value and priority of worship. And then we're going to take some time as we conclude our service this morning to continue in worship as we um, simply just make some space to declare the greatness of God. So that's kind of where we're going this morning. Now, what we know today is that God is omnipresent. Right? Are you with me? God is omnipresent. Omni meaning he's, he's present everywhere. There's no place you can go that God's not already there. He's omnipresent. We also understand today that when someone accepts Christ as their Savior, that the Spirit of God comes to dwell in them. We call that the indwelling presence. So if you're a follower of Jesus, what do you have? You have the presence of Jesus, Jesus in you. So there's the omnipresence, there's the indwelling presence, but it doesn't stop there. There's also what we see revealed in Scripture is what we would identify as the manifest presence of God. Where God manifests His presence, His glory, His power uh, in dynamic ways in our lives. And one of the avenues that opens our lives to that of the manifest presence of God is this avenue of worship that we want to talk about this morning. Manifest. As you look throughout the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, there's numerous stories I could tell, numerous illustrations. But I want to give you just one story, and you can check this out later. Acts chapter 16. In Acts 16, we have the story of Paul and Silas. They're in a town called Philippi. They're preaching the gospel message. Um, They're honoring God, proclaiming his word. In the midst of it, persecution breaks out. And Paul and Silas are arrested and incarcerated. So they're falsely accused and they're wrongly arrested. And as a means of persecution, they're beaten and they're put in jail. Now, how many of you know uh, they had reason to whine? Uh, probably if we would have been there, uh, I'll not speak for you. If I would have been there, I would have probably been whining. Like, God, this, this is not fair, foul. Like, this is not right. Like, we're doing what you called us to do, and yet we find ourselves in this predicament, this persecution. But that's not what Paul and Silas did. The Scripture says, you can check it out, Acts chapter 16 says, About midnight they began to lift their voices in prayer and singing hymns, songs of praise. So in the midst of their crisis, in the midst of their pain, rather than whining, they began to worship. And as they began to worship, God manifests his presence. He manifests his power in a supernatural way. And the scripture says that prison doors fly open, the chains fall off. Um, God shows up and it happened, get this, it happened as they were worshiping. As they were declaring the greatness of God, what did God do? God manifested his greatness. Are you following with me? There's a connection here. 
As they were setting their will to declare the greatness of God, God brought his greatness in the midst of their situation. And I believe that God wants to do the same for us today. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? In other words, he hasn't changed. He's still doing what he did. He still wants to manifest what his presence, his glory, his power, in and through our lives. And he's given us this avenue of worship. It's worship that opens the way for God to reveal himself and his work in greater ways in our lives. So, so worship is not just for God's good. And certainly he's deserving of all of our worship. But worship is for our good as well. But here's the challenge. I think in the process of life, we can get distracted by the demands and discouraged by the challenges. And this is what happens. We can lose sight of the value and the priority of worship. That becomes our issue, the value and the priority of worship. And when we allow this to happen, we close our lives to the very activity that God created to bring the presence of his kingdom to our lives. We miss both the invitation and the opportunity, either because our lives have become too cluttered or because we don't understand the potential of worship, the potential of what happens when we engage in worship. And when this happens, we neglect the very means and the process that God's given us to experience him and his work in a greater way in our lives. And we've seen this play out in the unfolding story that we've been looking at in the book of Haggai with the Jewish people. If you'll recall, the Jewish people had been in exile for 70 years. They returned to Jerusalem in the years 586 B.C. And the purpose of returning to Jerusalem was not only to reestablish the people in the land, but it was to restore worship. That's why there was the priority of rebuilding the temple. What the, God wanted to restore worship in the city because through worship he would reveal his glory through his people. And he's still doing the same today. And what we notice in the story, if you'll recall, that they started out strong, but then they got distracted by so many things that were happening, the clutter of their lives. There were a few challenges, and for 20 years they neglected the project. So God sends this prophet by the name of Haggai to call them back to the focus of rebuilding the temple. So that, again, so that God could reveal his glory to his people through their worship in the temple. So the rebuilding of the temple was more than a construction project. It was for the purpose of worship. It's really important that we catch this. It was not just about building a building. It was not just another construction project. It was for the purpose of worship. And so this morning, we we need to connect the dots and see the parallel to our own lives. In Haggai's day... The temple was all about worship. The temple was the place that God would be glorified and the place that God would reveal his glory. The temple was the place that the Jewish people would minister to God and God would minister to the Jewish people in the temple. And that's what they were rebuilding. That was the whole construction project. And today, we don't have a temple because we are the temple. Are you with me? We don't have a temple. We are the temple. We are the very place that God's chosen to dwell, to be present in. We are both the place and the people that bring glory to God through worship and the place and the people that God reveals his glory to and through. Matter of fact, 1 Peter 2, verse 9 says this so clear. It's on the screen. Read this with me. Would you join me in reading this? But you are a chosen people. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So you 
are a chosen people. You're a royal priesthood. Engaging in worship, and today, you are the temple. You are the very place that God has, has chosen to dwell. You're the very place that God wants to reveal His glory. Just as He did for the Jewish people. It was to this temple that they were uh, rebuilding that the promised Messiah would come. That Jesus would show up in the building that they were rebuilding. To bring forgiveness, to open the way to relationship with God, to open the way that folks like us could live every day in the reality of God's peace and God's presence in our lives. So look with me one more time to Haggai chapter 2. I'm going to read verse 6 through 9 this morning. So this is what the Lord Almighty says, in a little while I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all the nations, and notice the desire of all nations will come. That's speaking of Jesus. Haggai said, hey, the Messiah is going to show up, the desire of all nations is going to come, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The glory of this present house will be greater than the former house, being Solomon's temple, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. As I mentioned last week, verse 7, the desire of all nations refers just to that, the desire of the nations, the Messiah who would come to the temple. He would bring peace, peace for the Jewish people, peace for us today, peace for all nations through the provision of giving his life that we might that we might have life. And just as God would bring his glory and his presence and his peace to the temple they were building, so today God wants to bring this. Get this. He wants to bring his glory and his peace and his presence where to you the temple. Isn't that exciting? Anyone excited about that besides me this morning? In other words, listen, God wants to show up on a consistent basis in your life and reveal the fullness of all that he is where? In you, the temple. Just as he wanted to do for the Jewish people who were rebuilding this physical structure. Again, the avenue through which we experience that is is worship. Not just singing songs, though singing songs is a means of worship. In Romans 12, 1 The Apostle Paul wrote these words, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to present yourselves, your bodies, as living sacrifices. This is your spiritual act of worship. But that we present ourselves, we bring ourselves as the temple and worship to God, that God might reveal His glory and His presence in our lives. So now is the time to worship because today God is with us. But God is with us. And no matter what you face in life, you can face it with confidence. Why? God is with you. He's working for you. So the right response, friends, is, is worship. Now's the time to worship because salvation has come through Jesus Christ. Today, today we're free from the power and the penalty of sin. And we have the promise of eternal life all because of the cross. Listen, Jesus paid your debt. Listen, Jesus rescued you. He's given you life. Friends, that's why. That's why we respond in worship. Now's the time to worship because we have, today, we have peace with God and and the peace of God. The very peace that Haggai spoke of in in verse 9, in chapter 2, verse 9, is the peace that you and I can live with every day. 
And as we face the adversities of life, as we face all of the craziness that's playing out in our world today, in our community today, listen, we could have peace. Why? Because of the provision of Jesus Christ. The reason to worship is because we have peace today. And now is the time of worship because we've been given the privilege and blessing of, of uh, we've been given the, pr- the privilege of living in the blessing and favor of God. See, as we set our hearts to seek God and follow His ways, He's promised this. He's promised His power and His provision for our lives. Listen, you get to live every day in the flow of God's goodness. Come on. Every day in the flow of God's goodness. Friends, that's why we worship. Listen, no matter what you're experiencing or processing in life, worship is always the right response. Hear me? Worship is always It's always the best response. And when we worship, and we're going to do that this morning, when we worship, God is glorified because we acknowledge his greatness and we acknowledge our great need. As we humble ourselves before our creator, as we the created humble ourselves before the creator, and what? He shows up and he reveals his greatness. In our lives and and for us, when we worship, we discover greater joy because we're living out our purpose. Listen, we were created to worship and for worship. You, as as human beings, we we were created to worship. The question is, is what are you going to worship? But we were created to worship. So as we worship, we discover greater joy because we're living out the very purpose for which we were created. Psalm 1611 says this, you've made known to me the path of life and you fill me with joy in your presence. Where? In his presence. There's a refreshing, there's a fullness of joy that that we discover. And when we worship, we invite God's power and his presence to manifest in our lives in supernatural ways. In other words, God shows up when we worship. See, worship is the means through which we connect with God, and it's the way that we minister to God and bring glory to Him, but it's, always the, it's also the way that God ministers to us and reveals His glory. So you've got to make that connection. Through worship, we honor God, we glorify God, we minister to God, but it's also through worship that God chooses to minister to you. So today... Today, we don't have to be busy about building a structure, but we do need to bring ourselves, the temple, and open our lives to God through worship to declare God's greatness, and by act of our wills to open our lives to His manifest presence, again, through the avenue of worship. And we want to do that right now. Now is the time to worship. And so this morning... We simply want to do what I've been talking about for the past 12 minutes. I want to give you as an opportunity as the temple. You are the temple. The dwelling place of God. I'm going to give you an opportunity not only to experience God, but to open your life in a greater way to God through this avenue of worship. And the worship team's going to come back. And, and listen, singing songs is not the only way that we worship, but it is a great way to worship. 
And so this morning, we're going to go back into worship. And please feel free. If you want to stand, you can stand. If you want to kneel, you can kneel. If um, standing too long gets a little hard on your feet, please feel free to be seated. There's certainly freedom for that this morning. But simply today, we want to take God's word and we want to put it to work. As we say, God, manifest your glory, your presence, your peace, your provision in my life and in this place. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand with me. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.